Welcome to Odd Drummer Gaming, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. Um, look, peeking. Looks like I'm peeking. Am I peeking? I am using, um, what do you call this? The Blue Yeti microphone for this. And I was too lazy to grab some headphones, so I'm just doing this nude, naked. Um, on the fly, that's not a term, um, in my birthday suit, I don't, um, I, I'm looking at the waveforms on Audacity, so hopefully it'll just be fine, I, I don't, cause the Blue Yeti, it, re, it requires the 3.5 millimeter, I believe, and who cares, you know, who cares? I believe this is the 51st full-length episode of this podcast. It's incredible how much bullshit I can spout out of my stupid-ass mouth. Um, this episode I will be talking about Resident Evil Extinction. Um, that's next on the list on movies based on video games. And recovering from... Halloween, I, I called it three Halloween specials just because I was in the mood to watch horror movies. And I had a question to myself, I guess, because I'm talking to myself. At one, at what point do you, do you stop saying, I don't like horror? And then at what point can you say, I do like horror? Because I've never considered myself a horror guy because they scared me as a kid. And then I started listening in the past five or six years, whilst listening to We'll See You in Hell podcast. And I guess I I enjoy, like, I enjoy them for the most part. Or at least, like, I, I want to watch horror movies. And e- even now, November 5th, 2022, I want to watch more horror. So may, it's not my go-to genre for sure. It's not my favorite genre, but maybe I can officially say I am a horror fan. I don't know. I don't know. Um, like I said, it's November 5th. Um, every year I try to get into the Halloween spirit. And I don't know how to do it. I watched all these horror movies and I, I don't know. I enjoy watching them, but I don't. I mean, Halloween always comes and goes for me. It's kind of sad. It's just like, I want to feel the Halloween spirit. And then it never comes. And now it's November 5th. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Um, before we begin with the movies, I guess we can talk about... Actually, I want to mention... I saw, I saw a meme online. And I guess... My dog's barking. I guess the talk of the town is uh, Twitter and Elon Musk. And um, I saw a meme where the text was Elon Musk. um, Elon Musk over at Twitter headquarters pretending that he knows what he's doing. That's the text. And then the video was a a Filipino video (laughs) of... This popular Filipino um, personality, comedian, 
I her name is I I de las Alas. I've seen her movies. She's funny. And for whatever reason, I don't really understand the clip, but she was singing that song. Um, and she obviously doesn't know the lyrics, right? And so she's, but she's not doing what I just did. She's going like, she's trying to say the words, but she's going, and she's like, clearly doesn't know the lyrics. But for the purpose of the meme, meme, it fit nicely because it's supposed it's supposed to be Elon Musk at Twitter headquarters pretending that he knows what he's doing, and here's this Filipino um, personality, actress, singer, comedian, trying to see. I mean, this was a fully produced, broadcasted number, quote unquote number that she sang on TV because you could tell that there's an audience, there's all these people there. I don't know why they would have her perform this song and clearly she didn't know. I don't think it was for comedic effect. She looked a little uncomfortable, uh, maybe not nervous, but clearly the producers was like, oh, you don't know the lyrics? Who cares? Just go out there and do it. I don't know. I don't know. Bef uh, what did else I want to talk about? Um... I don't believe I talked about the killers last episode, but last episode I talked about, or one, a previous episode, I talked about Love Hard starring Nina Dobrev and Jimmy O. Yang. And there was a song in it where it was a female singer acoustic version of a song that sounded familiar. And the lyrics were something, something, can you read my mind? And I looked it up. I wasn't sure what song it was at the time. I looked it up. And it was a Killers song. Uh, Read My Mind. Um, I haven't thought about the Killers in 20 years, probably. But it kind of took me on a rabbit hole listening to Killers tracks. And I gotta say, some of these Killer tracks are killer. <laughs> Oh. Um, I I was never the hugest Killers fan, and I didn't realize that they were still alive and active and still a band and making music. But like I said, I haven't thought about the Killers in twenty years. Is that right? Two thousand twelve? No, that doesn't make sense. Less than twenty years. But looking at their disc discography here. Hot Fuss came out in 2004, Samstown 2006, Day and Age 2008. After that, I was out. So I have no knowledge of Battleborn, Wonderful, Wonderful, Imploding the Mirage, Pressure Machine. Looking at Hot Fuss, um, Mr. Brightside. I'm Mr. Brightside. Smile like you mean it. Um, somebody told me. All these things that I've done. So, th those were probably my introduction. But like I said, I was never the biggest Killers fan. But if uh, an easy favorite for me would be Sam's Town. And I, I like this song, The Interlude, which is 49 seconds. It's I mean, I don't know if you can call it. It's not a full-length song, obviously. 
but it's the it's the one after the first track, Sam's Town, and it's the one where he goes, "We hope you you, you like my singing. We hope that you enjoy your stay. It's time to have you with us, even if it's just for the day." And I like the little piano playing in that. Um, when you were young. Sounds familiar. I can't hear it in my mind, in my mind's ear. Um, for reasons unknown, I like read my mind. Listening to that, I really like that song, especially after hearing an acoustic version in Love Hard. Bones, which I believe um, the music video was directed by Tim Burton. Um, I'm not too familiar with the music video, but, you know, Tim Burton and Bones makes sense. This river is wild. So, I like, um, Samstown the best. But again, I'm, I'm not a diehard Killers fan. I'm just saying the songs that I'm listening to now, I like them a lot. And... I'll end this killer's... That's not really a rant. Um, monologue. That's not right. I don't know. But I'm looking at the track listing for Day and Age. And then there's that song Human, which obviously is kind of weird. We gotta admit, are we human or are we dancers? A little, a little weird. I mean, catchy enough, but... Um, one song I've really been liking is Spaceman. And I I don't I don't know if Spaceman got a lot of radio time, but I love that song. And it opens with a it goes uh 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 and for some reason I have it ingrained in my mind that that song could be inserted in, into a movie like a summer camp coming of age movie like I could have sworn I have like a Mandela effect I could have sworn it was in the way way back so like in between scenes the start the song starts uh, 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 and then it closes up on a a school getting out and the, you hear the bell ring and then one of the main character goes come on we're gonna be late for the bus like I could have sworn that happened but I guess it was just my overactive imagination but I really like that song um, according to this it made but it made the charts whatever that means um, and in popular culture the song was featured in the Fringe episode, The No-Brainer, which I'm pretty sure I've never seen before, as well as on the trailer for the animated film Planet 51 starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I've never seen the trailer or movie. The song was also released as a downloadable track for the music video game series Rock Band on November 25th, 2008. So there's no... Um, there's no mention of a summer epic coming of age teen rom-com dramedy comedy movie that this song was in 
So I just, I, I guess I just imagined it. Um, whatever happened to Rock Band? You know, Rock Band was the, was very popular. Latest released Rock Band VR in 2017. I don't have any VR um, devices, so I wouldn't know. Um, I guess that's all I have to talk about my life. My pathetic, pathetic life. Um, let's move on to the movie Cornair. You know, I haven't... Uh, who cares? Who cares? Let's move on to the movie Cornair. Um, so, like I mentioned, I was still... Well, actually, I watched this on October 28th, 2022. So, still before... Still in the Halloween season. I watched Midsommar. Because I ended the last movie Cornair. Or I probably ended the last episode with Hereditary. And I enjoyed the rewatch of Hereditary. So I decided to continue the Ari Aster Fest with Midsommar. And I I will say I think I liked Midsommar a little less than my first viewing of it. I remember watching Hereditary and really loving it and thinking it was intense and, and creepy and scary and a really good solid horror movie from his... Ari Aster and his first directorial debut, full length, whatever. And I remember I was so excited to watch Midsummer. I watched the trailer. The trailer had a really cool music um, track to it that I, I doubt I'm going to be able to find it in the next 30 seconds, but I'll try to vamp. Um, this tra Midsummer trailer uh, song title. It has a really cool, really cool trail. Oh, here it is. Got it. The Magic of the Internets. Um, Audio Machine, The Dance of Death. I believe that is... I believe that's the name of the song. I don't want to play it here because I don't, I don't want the FBI to sue me. But um, Midsummer Trailer, I'll look at that later. So I was so excited to watch it that... We didn't watch it in theater because probably because my wife didn't want to watch horrors in public. But I was like, oh, it's it's on Amazon Prime for $14.99. And I, I'm going to go ahead and say I've never purchased a movie on Amazon Prime for $14.99. And I know that's probably less the, the cost of a movie ticket. And you get to keep it forever. Well, quote unquote forever. But that's still a lot of money for me, fourteen ninety nine. I mean, especially when most movies are streaming somewhere, or you can get them down to four ninety nine digitally sometime. But I was so excited, and I, I remember I might have bought it for nineteen ninety nine. Now that I think about it, but anyway, I purchased Midsummer. I might be popping the pop 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 on this track on this recording. I apologize. Um, but anyway, I, so we watched Midsummer and I liked it, but I didn't, even after the first viewing, it did, I didn't like it as much as Hereditary, but it, you, maybe you shouldn't compare, but you can help it, you know, just like Jordan Peele, you watch Get Out, 
it's a masterpiece. Then you watch Us, it is clearly not a masterpiece. And on We'll See You in Hell, I remember Joe having a concern, being like, well, Hereditary came out in 2018, and Midsummer is coming out in 2019, so it's, it's very fast. And he had concerns, is like, are you able to really write and film and produce a movie in a year? And he was like, well, maybe he already had it written, but... And I think it's possible maybe they rushed this out, but um, it, it, it can't help but compa- um, pale in comparison to Hereditary. But that's, that's an unfair comparison because Hereditary is, is really solid, really good, really atmosphere, a- atmospheric. And Midsummer, I like it's, you know, Ari Aster, obviously, after the th- strange thing about the Johnsons and Hereditary and Midsummer, he he's very good at uncomfortable relationships and how relationships can make you uncomfortable and making people uncomfortable within those relationships. So the strange thing about the Johnsons, Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this very, very disturbing short film. But it is about a, a, a man and a, and his father. And the man, the young man, starts to sexually, I don't even know the right terminology, sexually molest his father. It's disgusting. It's disturbing. In Hereditary, it's, it's almost like... He and his buddies got high one day. It's like, what if, let's, what if, uh, what would it be like if a, there was a young brother and sister, the brother ends up accidentally killing the sister in a freak accident, and what would that do to the rest of the family, the son, the mother, and the father? And that's, like, that's basically the whole movie and the gist, and here... In Midsummer, you have a relationship between a a girl and a guy. The guy's clearly not that into the relationship, and his enthusiasm for the relationship is dwindling by the minute. And she's like, well, my... Spoiler alert for Midsummer. My sister committed suicide and killed her parents. So what's that going to do to the... The the boyfriend-girlfriend relationship and... It's interesting and it's well done. It's very uncomfortable. It's very... You just feel your skin crawl while watching these movies. Um, And Midsummer, I feel like it probably could have been edited down. I think I mentioned in a previous episode I I was interested in purchasing Midsummer, the director's cut. I'm not going to do that. Um... I'd, I'd be interested if I had all the money in the world, I'd probably get it. But I'm a poor-ass bitch, you know. So, but I, it felt slow in parts. And I understand that, you know, it's he makes really good slow burns, for sure. Um, and it's a good movie, well-made movie. Very, very uncomfortable movie. Um, but I just, you know, it... You can't help but compare it to Hereditary. And Hereditary, to me, is a much better intense film. Also, there's a very similar scene where um, 
Tony Collette was collapsed to the ground crying and her husband was consoling her about the death of her daughter. It's a very similar scene here when she was when um, Florence Pugue was crying and the boyfriend was consoling her over, over the deaths of her family. Um, but I, if you haven't seen Midsommar, I, I recommend it. It's it's worth a watch for sure. Um, next up, I watched. There's one TV show that I really like, Unsolved Mysteries. And I like the new iteration. You know, no offense to Robert Stack, and I know Robert Stack is a an icon. And I I tried going back and watching the old one, but the format is different, and I vastly prefer the new version. I mean, that's it's all just comes down to preference, but the new version. The reenactments are, in my opinion, not cheesy, not corny. And I do realize that cheesy and corny are related similar words uh, in terms of a, a thesaurus. But, like, I don't, like, you can barely see their faces. So it really helps you, like, it's a reimagining. You're, they're trying to make the audience or allow the audience member to to try to imagine what could have or what might have happened um, during the incidents. And I tried going back and listening to or watching a, a early episode of Unsolved Mysteries. And Robert Stack, again, nothing against him. It's just he's narrating the thing. And I, I felt like the, the one of the reenactments i saw was like very cheesy very very over the top very strong and in the new ones that reenactments are very dark like darkly lit they're subdued they're um they they just give you um kind of dark blurry imagery and there's like slowed down and i like that better than the first which is a shame because uh, maybe I'll try to go back and watch the original because I, I, I love this show. Like, I love this new iteration, season 15 and 16. It's it's creepy. It's well done. It's solid. And there's no narrator. Um, I, I, I've already apologized enough to Robert Stack, RIP. But I just prefer the, the new... Um, new iteration so let's check out before i start with the um unsolved mysteries by the way i guess i i kind of live in the in the bubble because i went to youtube and one of the first videos that was recommended to me was christmas story 2 and i figured it was um uh, you know, a par- a parody trailer or something. But no, wait, hold on. Um, wait a minute. Hold on. Oh, I'm confused. Hold, one second. Uh, 
Uh, I love how I'm telling no one one second. No, there's a Christmas story too. From 2012. What is this? Directed by Brian Levant, starring Daniel Stern and Brayden Lemasters. Um, I don't know what that is. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the trailer that I saw. It's called A Christmas Story to Christmas. Which doesn't really make sense. But it's coming out November 2022. And the reason why I feel like I live in a bubble is because I... I had no idea this movie was even talked about. I had no idea this was an an entity, a thing. I didn't know they were making it. And I don't know. You would think that I would have heard, like, I would have heard some rumblings rather than being blasted with a full trailer. Um, But there you have it. There is a, a new, there is a trailer called a movie. It's. Oh my gosh, I'm stuttering like a bitch. There's a new trailer for a new upcoming movie streaming, I think on HBO Max, called A Christmas Story to Christmas. I don't understand that title at all. Um, Anyway, maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe that's why. But it had, I think, 800 views on it. Anyway, back to Unsolved Mysteries. So, uh, you know, I I didn't realize that this series dropped episodes October 18th and then October 25th and then now the final three on November 1st. So I just saw that it was streaming on November 2nd. So I got to binge the whole thing in three days. Well, uh, yeah, three days. Um... Less than that, if you consider, who cares, you know, who cares. So, I think I highly recommend this show. I highly recommend the new iteration of the show. I really enjoy it. It's one of the few things that I actually look forward to because my heart and soul is dead. And, like, I don't look forward to anything anymore. But this one, I'm like, oh, there's a new... There's a new series. Let's. I want to binge it. Um, and my wife's not a huge fan of documentaries, so that's one thing that we where we differ strongly. So that's one good thing about our schedules being different that I get to binge documentaries. The hard part is finding good ones. But anyway. For some reason, for whatever reason, Netflix, when I hit play on the thing, it played Abducted by a Parent. Um, And that's episode 9, according to Wikipedia, but it's the first one I watched. Abducted by a Parent, um, I liked a lot. And, you know, it... I don't don't know how much I want to get into this, but basically... My brother, a similar thing happened to my brother, where my brother got married, and they had a child, and the 
marriage didn't work out, so they're trying the shared custody thing. And one day, my brother went to pick him up, and the apartment was completely empty. And so, my brother just had no idea where his child was. And, you know, a lot of times, courts and people and public opinion, blah, 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 will will side with the mother. And, again, I don't want to get too into it, but this mother was not the greatest, not the nicest, you know, unstable. Um, she's been in trouble in a bunch and not not the greatest influence to be on this child. But what are you going to do when she's the mother, you know? And anyway, so my brother, you know, hired private investigators. And I think a whole year passed. Eventually, they were able to find him, reunite him with us. And for now, I mean, that was many, 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 many years ago. So for now, it's quote-unquote, a happy ending for now. But it's very, it's very traumatic. It's very, it's, it's hard on everyone. You know, my parents were uh, distraught because their, their first grandson um, was like missing for a year. They had no idea where he was. And um, so this, enough about me. No, it's not even about me, it's my brother. Enough about poisonal stuff abducted by a parent is about basically it tells two stories of um, parents who got married had children or in one case had a daughter and a son in the other case had a son and the spouse is a unstable not good person so the spouse just abducts them ups and runs and the i mean the first one was freaky because the first one the guy went to this guy supposed to go to canada and when she the mom talked to the fbi and looking at the records flight records like oh he didn't go to canada he went to like turkey and then Istanbul, and then Kiev, or something like that. To hear that, like, you, your child is... And they said it was, like, close to a war zone. I don't... I'm, I'm just assuming that's true. I don't I don't know. But that's terrifying. Um, it would have been terrifying, like... It would have been, been terrifying if they were left to a na- neighboring state or to Canada. But the fact that they went... Like, uh, it's terrifying to, to watch and to think about. And that was a good episode, I think. That was pretty scurry. Um, next episode, I watched Mystery at Mile, Marker 45. The image they have for this is real creepy. Basically, I mean, it's a girl... They they keep they kept describing her as like six one or six four, so she's a tall girl. It's a black and white photo, and they have a, a deer cam, and it's the last known photo of or 
of her alive of this girl um she's walking and she kind of looks to the left and the picture the camera snaps a picture and it it shouldn't be a freaky photo but for for whatever reason it, it is like especially if you don't know the context it, it it could be like a mysterious photo it could be a ghostly photo it could be like a a bigfoot photo for all we know but once they explain it like it's it's a creepy photo but the story of that one is basically this girl like leaves a party she ends up missing and then they find her um she had been hit by a train and everyone's saying oh it's probably suicide like she wouldn't commit suicide she she wasn't depressed da 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 so the assumption is someone she was familiar with um she got in a car and possibly assaulted possibly raped and then possibly killed before her body being um dropped in front of a train and you know of it that's the sad unsettling thing about this is the show is called unsolved mysteries so no matter what you know it's going to end unresolved um unsolved if you will episode two something in the sky i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say i'm pretty skeptical of ufos not that i don't believe in them it's just what what they're you don't know what they are so they could be anything you know so they could be a bird they could be a bug they could be a plane it could be a balloon it could be anything and you don't know what it is and I will say this is kind of the first UFO story I found relatively interesting intriguing because of the evidence and this main guy that they kind of focus on he's a meteorologist and he was operating the radar and they have recordings and they're like what is this what is this and he's like it's it's big it's round it's metallic it's solid it's at fifty-five thousand feet and it moved seventy-two thousand miles and that we don't have the technology to do that and something that would that can move at that speed could go from new york to la in i forget what they said two seconds or two minutes or something and we don't have any known technology that can do that and so you know in the in the episode they at one point they showed an image of a kind of a ufo with tentacles or tendrils and I, I kind of laughed at that, kind of scoffed at that. But there was pictures, but the pictures were pretty blurry. Um, I think, because there's always a UFO episode in Unsolved Mysteries, I believe. And the last one, I believe I didn't watch because I was so not into it. Um, and there's an episode of Ghost Town Podcast where they talk about it and people they seem to keep to the same story and i don't know and they talk about the stigma in the episode where like people who think 
they've seen UFOs are meant to be, are thought to have some mental illness. And I think a lot of people think that um, I am not excluded from that group. I, I already talked about my skepticism. And, you know, I believe that this guy believes it. I believe that all these people believe it. And, you know, there there were, they, they mentioned they have hundreds of calls that went in. Uh, the 5,000 foot waterfall, it's creepy. But in my skeptical mind, uh, if they don't destroy cities, if there's no, if they don't really do anything, like uh, it doesn't affect me that much. Um, I, I know some people who are really in, well, not personally, but I know some people online really get into it, including UFOs. And um, But UFOs are probably the least interesting to me, unfortunately, sadly. No offense to people who believe in them. More power to yo. Next episode three is Body in Bags. By the way, this would have been a good series to watch for Halloween. Um, especially watching, like, Abducted by a Parent. That really was pretty creepy. Um, Mystery Ant Marker, Mile Marker 45 was creepy. A bunch of these are creepy. Body in Bags. Oh boy. It was about this dad, this guy, who had a son and he got a new girlfriend and everyone... Everyone doesn't like the new girlfriend. She's possessive. She's obsessive. Um, then all of a sudden the dad goes missing. Then all of a sudden the dad's... Uh, I, I don't know what torso describes. I'm, guess, I'm guessing torso means like the, the abdomen to the chest area, I guess. I don't know if the legs are referred to as the lower half of the torso. That might be incorrect. But anyway, they they eventually discover a, the human remains, but it's like the waist down. Um, they look at the tattoos and they realize it's the same guy. Uh, eventually, they find uh, like the head and the arms and the torso. Da, da, da. It's very sad, very eerie, and... They're looking for the lady, and they can't find her, and she's... It was a very sad episode, and um, unsettling that his body was found in three different bags. Next episodio was um, Death in the Vegas Motel. This was an interesting one. Um, I like Vegas a lot. So it's it's interest I mean morbidly interesting that this was set in Vegas. But um it's about a dude who I was not familiar with, but it was a Vegas like personality type named Buffalo Jim. And he he owned like a car repair shop and he would he would be in like commercials and he started like a wrestling school so he was well known um you know there's a bunch of interesting personalities that come in and out of vegas uh 
and one day they find this guy in a motel room dead with like some white powder around his nose and beard and so everyone initially assumes suicide but there's like some weird circumstances there was some weird girl named lisa who worked for this guy rick something and um he gets into a whole thing about he had a rivalry with this guy who owned the crazy horse 2 which was next to his shops and um it was a bummer because you know you hear about you hear about people you at this point you you wouldn't be surprised if you heard like the nicest guys in Hollywood are like pedophiles. You know what I mean? You might be shocked, but you might be like, uh, could have guessed it. And like this guy, it's a bummer because everything like the the two daughters that show up in the dock, they they just dote is that the right word? I think that's the right word. They dote on him a lot and um be extremely and uncritically fond of be silly or feeble-minded especially as a result of old age I'm going to go with definition one so at one point like at one point the two daughters were talking about living with the mom and living with the dad and then the youngest daughter Jerrica lived with the dad and I don't know I guess it's my dark mind. I was like, oh, this is where they're, they're going to talk about how he be abused her, blah, blah, blah. But no, the Amer- uh, the other daughter, I think Jennifer, was like, my father treated Jerrica like a queen. And it just it's just starts to break your heart while watching it. It's like, oh, this guy was just a good dude who loved his daughters, who loved his family, who's tr- just trying to make it into this make it in this world and he just ends up dying under mysterious circumstances um it, it was uh, it was a bummer to watch all all these suffice to say are bummers to watch all right Th- these aren't picker uppers um you know the the his rival went to jail and then the the day he got out of jail, that was when Buffalo Jim died. So it's like, um, sh- we should probably look into this, right? Um, sad story. Next episode is Paranormal Rangers. This one was fairly creepy. Um, and Skinwalkers are another one of those things where I am highly skeptical um, because it just feels so fantastical and kind of ridiculous. No, no offense to people who believe in it. It just I, I'm skeptical. And you know, you hear about uh, humans turning into animals and vice versa, and I, I can't help but feel like, nah. And same thing with the UFO episode. It's like. I would feel much differently if it happened to me. 
but watching it on a TV episode, I feel very pretty disaffected from it. I don't know if that's a word. But Paranormal Rangers, I was watching it like right when I was falling asleep. So it was giving me kind of a creepy, eerie feeling. Basically these... Oh, wait a minute. Um, I might... I don't know if I'm mixing up the UFO... Um, I might have mixed up the UFO picture tendrils with the Paranormal Rangers. I'm not sure. But Paranormal Rangers is about these two older guys who were part of the Navajo nation. And they're retired now, but they were rangers. So they would travel around the Navajo nation and people said, oh, I saw this, I saw that. Um, and the stories they they told, they they were frightening, they were creepy and... Usually, I, you know, Bigfoot doesn't creep me out, but the stories they had in this, I'm not saying I'm convinced, but I felt the fear, like, just like Jason Horton once said, like, I don't have to believe in it to be scared by it, which is kind of a paradox, but it's true. So, and I don't know if I believe or don't believe in Bigfoot or Skinwalkers, but these stories, uh, were they creeped me out. Which, you know, um, the the coins, you know, interesting, but I don't know, uh, possibly true, probably true, but I don't know. But Paranormal Rangers was creepy. Um, the, the drawings they were making of Bigfoot and Skinwalkers were, even though they weren't terribly detailed, they were kind of creeping me out, especially with the music and the sound effects. Next episode was what happened to Josh. What happened to Josh? It's about a young man who went to a party. Is this podcast incredibly low energy? What happened to Josh is about a guy who he went to a party, right? And he all of a sudden went, he got up. He went, he walked towards the door, but no one was sure if he went to the bathroom or the exit door. And he just disappeared, you know? Uh, he, he's just gone, you know? Uh, uh. Um, he was a young, handsome, white man going to college. And he, he just disappeared. And they, they got into some, like, he had a somewhat of a secret life. Not really a secret life, but they found out through looking through his hard drive um, that he had been going on Yahoo Personals. He had three accounts, one as himself, and two, he was posing as female. So people thought he might have been exploring his sexuality, and there was a theory that a possibly a man who discovered that he was a man posing as a woman maybe got mad at him and decided to seek revenge against him apparently there were other young white men in the area who were abducted and their bodies were recovered but josh's body has still not been recovered 
very sad. Um, they talked to his friends and family, and they all really loved him. So, another bummer. Surprising, right? Next one is Body in the Bay. Um, I'm not going to lie. I kind of checked out of this one, but the gist of it was there was a guy, a father. He had a wife and a son. And I guess he took his boat out into shallow waters and then he didn't come back. Eventually, they found the boat out in deep waters. And then eventually they found his body, which was tied. Um, his body was tied with a rope and tied to an anchor. And initial thing, the initial hypothesis, I almost said hypotenuse, was that it was suicide. And they're like, I don't think it was suicide. So then this other guy comes... This other character comes into play. And he he's like a friend of the family that everyone liked. But again, I, I say I checked out a little bit. Um, he He's like a character, like a mysterious character who's friends with the family. But he wasn't particularly close to the guy whose body they found. And after they found his body, after he was missing, after they found his body, this guy kind of went nuts. And he's like, all of a sudden distraught. And everyone was like, you weren't even close to him. Why are you acting so weird? And they found some red paint on the boat of the dead man. And it kind of matched the red paint of the weird guy losing his mind. That guy ended up dying from an overdose in 2017. So a lot of unanswered questions unresolved if you will the ghost in apartment 14 that one kind of baffled me because so it kind of starts off focusing on this woman named Jodie Foster just uh, not a not the actress but Jodie Foster and her daughter and I guess they're they're not considered mediums or maybe they are but they are um, they they feel some sort of spiritual connection to the outside world. And she was having visions and dreams of things that were tied to real life. Like this girl, like Mary Elizabeth Marliz Spanicky. Um, and the daughter was seeing this girl. Man, just talking about this is kind of creeping me out. Um... But that one was a creepy one. I, I was confused at the end because I thought they were going to find the body of Marliz Spanicky. But I don't think they did because if they did, it wouldn't be on Unsolved Mysteries. But I really thought that at the end, because she was giving her the police all these numbers from her dreams. Um, but I think they're still looking. I don't know. <laughs> But that's Unsolved Mysteries. I highly recommend the show. It's really well done. I'm going to try and go back and um, check out the older episodes. But it's such a different vibe from listening to the people talk and having these cold, dark, shadowy 
reenactments compared to like again no offense to robert stack but him going on november 15th 1978 no offense to the man i know he's an icon i know people love him um so we will end this episode at the 52 mark with resident evil extinction i don't really have a ton to say this movie was directed by Russell Mul- Mulcahy. I don't know. I'm not familiar with his work. Um, he he directed a movie called In Like Flynn. I don't I don't know what that is. Um, an Australian biographical film about the early life of Errol Flynn. Um, anyway. Written by Paul W.S. Anderson. A direct sequel to Resident Evil Apocalypse. Third installment of the Resident Evil film series. Loosely based on the video game series of the same name. I haven't... If I have played any Resident Evil, it was a few seconds. Uh, I am not terribly familiar with the game series in terms of playing it. Um, the film grossed 147 million against a 45 million budget. I'm gonna go ahead and say that that's uh, good. I'm not, you know, that's more than 100 million gross. But I, you know, I don't know how these things work. Um, let me go through my thing and then we'll look at the Wikipedia. I felt, I felt like I, I was watching it. I felt like it's a Everything was pretty solid. It looked fine. The acting is a lot better than it was in the first one, for sure. There's still a few characters that, you know, are not great actors. Ellie Larder, she's she's a beautiful gal. But um, I never thought she was the strongest um, actress, actor. No offense to the lady. And I still... I, I feel the same way about this movie. She doesn't make much of an impact. She's playing Claire Redfield, which I believe is a popular character from the video game series. Um, I really like um, Mila Jovovich. I like her a lot. In this movie, I, I feel... Uh, so here's the basic story. The basic story is that the world is a dystopia, which is interesting to me. I know Joe DeRosa says his... One of his least favorite genres is dystopian. But I I like it. I think it's interesting. And so after watching this movie, I feel like the six movies, or I think there's six, should have been a, a TV series. You know, and I know... They, I know they recently released a Resident Evil series, so maybe they did it with that one. I don't know, but the first episode or the first movie in this film series dealt with how the disease started. Right? They had this, they had this uh, umbrella corporation with um, a, a bunch of shady things happening, and this guy tosses this t-cell virus and it infects the the staff and then it 
gets released into the world. You know, that would that should have been episode one of the series. And then the next movie in the series dealt with them trying to kind of contain contain the virus to the city and the main character is trying to get out of the city but the bad guys are trying to have it bombed they're like no it's too late we can't contain it so we're just going to destroy the city that should have been episode two and this should have been episode three where everything's dystopian um they're they're constantly on the road traveling because if they stay in one place it's a danger there are zombies everywhere the virus is everywhere and then claire redfield's convoy meets up with alice and alice says there's a clue we should head towards alaska because there's this mysterious book which uh foreshadowing looks like a trap of some sort i don't know i'm not sure but there's weird things written in this notebook like safe outdoor living and there's a drawing of a man with a cowboy hat with a lasso holding a horse lovingly um peace i'm like uh you don't think this is a trap and eventually they travel through vegas and vegas is like a wasteland there's no zombies but there's no people and it's all sand like the they say in the movie the desert took the city back and seeing it is kind of cool like it's all desert it's all sand and you can see the eiffel tower replica and the statue of liberty replica in ruins so that that should have been episode three and you know maybe they could have split each movie into two episodes each or something but to to spread these simple ideas into three movies so far it's like you really spread these simple move simple ideas into 90 minute two hour movies it's kind of ridiculous even though i liked i like the second one and i believe that's considered one of the worst movies all time of all time i like the second one this one i just felt kind of unaffected by i liked mila jovovitz in it um you know game of thrones did a fine job in his character at one point near the beginning of the movie i said is that ashanti look it up it's ashanti um i don't know what her big hit was um what what's love i'm guessing that's what's love is that right um should we look this up What's love got to do? Got to do with it. Um, I don't know if my speakers are hooked up. I don't want to listen to your. All of that fat. I don't want to listen to your ads. Um. Yeah. What's love? Um. Anyway, Ashanti's in it. She doesn't sing in the movie. And um. We are meant to believe that Ashanti is in some sort of relationship with Mike Epps, um, which is kind of nuts. Um, so I got to wrap this up, but towards the end of the movie, 
I feel like I liked the villain of the second movie better because it was like this unstoppable um, monster creature morphed mutant thing. And this one, it was kind of Game of Thrones in like heavy makeup and CGI. Um, although I liked the moment where he quote, uh, spoiler alert, when he dies, that was kind of cool. I'm looking through the Wikipedia because there might have been a, a secret scene that I didn't look. Um, later in Tokyo, I didn't see this scene. Wesker informs his fellow Umbrella executives that... Oh, wait, no, I saw this one. That's not a secret scene. It's at the end of the movie. Alice appears during the meeting declaring that she and her quote-unquote friends, the other clones, are coming for him. Um... So, I I don't know. I, I can't say I liked this movie. I just felt... I, I felt pretty unaffected by it. Um, but I, I don't know why. Maybe it's my mood. Maybe it's I'm tired. Um, I just... I watched it with un, unenthusiastic eyes. But I do that a lot sometimes. Um, I can't explain to you why I liked... Resident Evil 2 and didn't like this one. It, it looked fine. And you know the, the sequence with the birds was kind of cool. They've been feasting on un, un, undead flesh. I forget the phrase. Let's look at the Wikipedia. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 25% based on 101 reviews. Consensus reads Resident Evil Extinction is more of the same. It's few impressive action sequences unable to compensate for the pedestrian plot. S movie delivers some simple-minded thrills and praised the solidly effective killer raven sequence, but the film was too predictable, saying anybody who has ever seen a zombie movie can figure out what happens next. Somebody will get bit without telling the others, which will inevitably backfire. Survivors will be forced to shoot suddenly undead friends in the head. One of them dastardly science folk will protect the monsters in order to study them, which will also inevitably backfire. And legions of undead will be re-killed in surprisingly easy fashion. The story and characters are surprisingly engaging, with fight scenes and scares effectively pla placed between plot turns. The ending was too open-ended. Um, yeah, it was just kind of a... It's just kind of blah, you know. But it, it wasn't bad. I didn't not enjoy it. I will say that. I didn't not enjoy it. The next is Resident Evil Afterlife. I don't know anything about that. Although I guess I could guess the plot... Um, movies based on video games. Um, let's look at the list. Postal is next. Um, the poster looks ridiculous. Written and directed by Yui Bowl. Um, so, I guess we have that to look forward to. Let's check out Just Watch. Let's see if Postal is on there. Um, 
It's on Tubi. It's on Tubi. So, that's all I have for this episode. Should I change my voice for this podcast? Uh, I do sound bored. But if I change my voice, am I changing who I am? Am I changing my soul? My personality? Um, you don't want to announce your voice like, Welcome to Drummer Gaming. This name, my name is Edmund. This is the podcast of my staff. Um, I hope you are well. I hope you had a nice and safe Halloween celebration. It's a little sad that it's over, but that's... It happens every year. Halloween ends. Oh, God. Is that the name of the movie? Halloween ends? That's dumb. Um, I hope you're well. I hope your pets are well and thriving. Um, take care of yourselves and each other. Embrace your dreams. Stay odd. And say hi to your pets for me. Is that... No, that's... No, that's not... Thank you for listening. And say hi to your pets for me.